0: Welcome back to the In The Making podcast. Today, we are welcoming a very special guest. Over 40 years ago, he embarked on a journey to create both modern and affordable home accessories. It all started with a printed window shade and eventually grew to over 120 countries with hundreds of products that have made it to Oprah's gift list and the Museum of Modern Art. If you haven't heard of his company before... Take a look around your house because you likely own a few of their creations. Please welcome Les Mandelbaum, co-founder of Umbra. The
1: only I problem leave is I'm disconnected from my business which is great.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I imagine everything's online now, no?
1: I wanna, I, I'd i like to be there, we're open. And uh, I, I get, yeah, a lot of staff are working at home, but a lot of staff are working at the office too. So, uh, and you can't ship boxes and supervise that and have customer service.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you can't watch over your workers either and make sure yeah. that they're doing their job. I'm
1: sure quality is right on everything. I mean, you can't do your business online. So.
0: <laughs> No, no, we would, uh, we would, we would die. You know, it's funny cause we, because we clean gutters, I've been operating under the assumption that we're an essential service because nobody's told me otherwise. And so why would I stop? Yeah. Um, but I just, I haven't seen anybody enforcing what is or is not yeah. essential and how that's working. No, worthy. no,
1: they don't. They, it's on a complaint basis. Yeah. yeah. So if, if somebody complains about you, yeah, your customers aren't likely to do. If your staff complains about yeah. you, which they're not likely no. to, do because if
0: anything, it's work. a neighbor, an angry neighbor for no reason. Well,
1: that it, yeah. So it's it's everything's complaint based.
0: Yeah. Is there anything um, like that you want us to that like you feel would be really interesting for us to talk well, about? Who's your audience?
1: What are you trying to reach here?
0: Um, mainly just like anyone that's in the process of of starting a business or that wants to start a business. Um, anyone that's interested in the mechanics of a business and uh, and kind of the roadmap to success, whether, even if it's not in a business, if they want to get into mm-hmm. something that they feel very far away from, like,
1: I don't know. Anyone or even that wants- if they should be in a business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say half of it All is like things, entrepreneurship man. and the other half of it is people that are self-improvement, aspiring, you know, musicians, uh, yeah. basically just, they want to get somewhere far, and they don't really see a roadmap for how to get there.
2: Yeah, we've, got, I think
1: we've got some questions. Just to some tell something, me. Besides Umbra, you know, I got a—you know—I have a business that I started that uh, originally was supplying parts for road, the, the road case business for musicians. Yeah. You know, and that's a twenty-five million-dollar business, and that allowed me. Is that still I running? Started, oh, absolutely.
0: oh wow wow. i did i thought you had sold it or something i didn't know that no no no
1: i sold off only 15 percent of it to the president
0: and it's a it's a transport company for musical equipment
1: no no you're you're way off it's 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 what we decided to do is rather than make the cases the hard thing about isn't making the cases is getting all the parts having all the parts ready so we have everything that you need, including I bought a foam company. We laminate plastic to wood. We have the covering, extrusions, all the various hardware, you know, maybe a thousand pieces in stock that ships same day or next day.
2: But what so, it's for equipment. It's cases for, it's for, for equipment for bands, right? Like when they're doing shows well, and things like yeah, that? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So because we had all the parts originally in a depot in Toronto – Case companies started in every city in, in Canada and, you know, three or four in Toronto, three or four in Montreal. So, but firstly in every every uh, city of more than a half a million, there's these small shops that make cases because they can get the parts next day from us.
0: For musical we, equipment.
1: Well, it, it branched off. If you go to a trade show, you see the cases. Yeah. If you go to a movie set, you see the cases.
0: So it's okay. just cases yeah. for anything.
1: If you go, if you know, if you go to uh, emergency services, if you, if you get, yeah. if, your, if your place gets attacked by the SWAT team,
0: yeah, uh, got their, your cases. their
1: weapons, their weapons are in these cases.
0: Wow! If, mm-hmm. if
1: you get uh, drafted into the army, you'll see the cases. So, so it's just it's, it's a
0: it's equipment cases. Just to clarify, it's for
1: fragile anything fragile that's yeah. got to move okay. hard and fast and not be broken. So they're wow. custom. Road cases, flight cases that yep, shoved yeah. in and out of trucks and planes, and you'd see mm-hmm. them in, like I said, uh, any any mining site, any oil mm-hmm. drilling site. You'd see them in any scientific. Um, uh, you'd see them in in any trade show. So mm-hmm. that has been impacted by the lack of trade shows more than and the lack of. Um, uh, of, of concerts, but it's been a very steady business. It always did about 25 million, and always made about two and a half, three million dollars a year since '76. So that allowed me to finance Umbra. Wow. Okay, but it's also gotten. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that business is, I would say, the good thing about it, it was never more than uh, for the past. 20 years, more than 30%, 25, 30% entertainment related. It's in industrial packaging for all kinds of, now their biggest customer is um, automotive. And um, a lot of the parts, uh, cars are, have very expensive cars are computers these days, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so um, they've got some very expensive parts in there and uh, we package um, from the various car companies don't make anything anymore. They're just assembly Mm -hmm. factories. They they stop being they stop banging fenders and and making uh, dashboards or whatever 20 years ago. So the stuff has to get there right on time without a scratch on it because if you see a tiny scratch in even a a twenty thousand dollar car you say you don't take it yeah so we um our our foam company in particular uh, has these boxes that the parts go into to ford gm whatever and it they go to the assembly line they take out the part and then the case goes back to the manufacturer
0: Ah, so they're like renting the boxes almost from you
1: yeah, well they buy the boxes but they're recycled. The the, right. the car companies mm. right. get them. The parts end up, you know, in, in white glove service, and then it goes back to the manufacturer for 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 because they don't otherwise they'd arrive in boxes that would have to have styrofoam and all this. It wouldn't be good mm. for the environment, create a right. lot of garbage. Yeah. And it wouldn't be as effective. Right. The, part, the, the thing in the car companies is they can have the parts have to arrive perfect. Yeah. Like people don't accept yeah. the slightest blemish of right. anything, yep. even under the hood.
0: I'm looking for a of discount cars, yeah. buying a car before I even look at the car so I can only yeah. imagine it. Well, <laughs> really they, know about it. About, they know about guys like you.
1: <laughs> yeah. they, have, they have delivery <laughs> systems now. Yeah. So the parts arrive
0: perfect. Specifically for guys, and, like and you. I, I feel like um, I feel like that's like probably one of the hardest industries to break into are like massive conglomerates where you're dealing with uh, auto manufacturer, and then probably government is next on the list. Yeah, How I mean, is it just from is, trade shows?
1: No, well, we don't deal with government, but we uh, big companies. No, it's not trade shows. Uh, basically, we hire people that have ins in that industry. Mm. You've got to have the connections, and they don't. They uh, these type of companies don't like taking chances with new suppliers because a car company can't afford that. Right? Can't afford. They can't afford you missing a delivery or a defective part. Um. They just. They can't afford. They. So they have to be very secure in who they deal with. Same with military. Yep. Right. Uh, I wouldn't say government is the toughest, but certainly I would say military, medical, and automotive. So, so TCH does involve in, the, in, that, in that business. And that, that business really, uh, uh, because it was so stable up until last year, that allowed me to take chances with Umbra products. So having that business has been key. And also and what? knowing that I was going to make two and a half million dollars bottom line every year in and a half.
0: Yeah. That's nice. That's,
1: yeah. that's a nice security, right? So yeah, for sure, all those fails with Umbra, I could take more chances, right? Yep. Yeah. Because I had, I had, uh, my family wasn't going to go, go hungry at two and a half. Yeah. You know, wow. I don't get all that two and a half million. The company needs money. The, you know, yeah. the executives yeah. get bonuses, but still, if I wanted to, I could take the two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, don't, I, I, I never, I've never taken uh, $2.5 dollars.
2: I, I a figured, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious how you
0: could if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm I, curious
2: how old were you when you started that company? 25. Wow. Okay. Cool.
0: And what was the? It was you and I guess another business partner no. that said let's make cases or no. No, no, it was on no, your own. It was wow. On so what there's nobody else involved and you don't have an engineering background or anything right nothing so what what made you go i'm going to build cases to transport Uh, things
1: uh, well the situation was it was more it was more experiential so when i came um, back from the states um, i had already been playing in bands in the studio band i'd gone to school with music and when I came back to Toronto, I already had my stuff in, in, in these cases that were made. The cases were coming from California. And uh, everybody in Toronto wanted to know, hey, where'd you get those cases? I want those cases. So really, I just started ordering the cases for these guys, other musicians not because I wanted to be in the case, business, just because I wanted to suck up to the other working musicians mm, as yeah. I want to break in the scene. So I really had no intention of being in the case business. Then what happened was I said, "This I was getting so many calls in these cases, everybody says, oh, he's the guy, phone less for these cases. I didn't even want to be in the business. And I said, this is stupid. What are we ordering cases from California, these empty boxes, shipping them all the way here? Why don't we just make them here, right? Yeah, mm. And that was the impetus for the business. And then I figured out, well, I, I talked to people that were making speaker cabinets and fixing the tires. I said, hey, guys, mm. here's a great business opportunity. So I went to these guys, and they said, "They said the problem is the problem is that um, we don't know where to get all the parts of these cases. You need foam. You need yeah. the outset. So I figured out all the parts. And with my father, who was a door manufacturer, with his equipment that he had from his old door company, we figured out how to laminate ABS plastic to wood. So would right. would not delaminate, left outside in the mm. cold or in the heat. And we're still the best in the world of laminating ABS plastic sheets to, to, to wood. Wow. And I did that with his old door equipment, which we still have. We bought used equipment. We have it here and in Dallas and in Buffalo. And we only do it in North America, which is a shame. But we're the best at that in the world. And that laminate is used for different things. And that was just trial and error. My father was more of a tech. He had a grade 8 education in Central Tech. He didn't know anything. I mean, I mean no, he knew a lot. I mean, he didn't know chemistry. He didn't know engineering. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he knew how manufacturing. Yeah. So hmm. That was a project we worked on together, and he just enjoyed it. He was already kind of retired at that point by 76.
0: Did you oh, patent so. the so, laminate? No,
1: we didn't patent anything in those days. Yeah, I, I didn't know to patent anything, but nobody, it's sort of a secret sauce. We don't, we, we keep it under wraps. How to right. wrap. So, that was a key. And that is probably still the most profitable thing we do. Now that laminate is used for lining the inside of tractor trailers, certain types of tractor trailers. It's used for um, um, temporary uh, uh, sheds that they put up in, in the, uh, in the uh, mining. Uh, sites. So
0: you're selling the laminate separately as like Formages. a side business? Yes, not
1: even sometimes for cases. Yeah, and um, I'm looking at, I look at stuff they sell and, um, you know, I said, God, where you how, did you, how did you come to this? Well, some sales guy, you know, one of our sales guys we're we're selling um, some of our hardware is used for, um, you know, the very biggest box would be a, a container or the, a truck body. And some truck bodies are very customized.
0: That's mm-hmm.
1: what in the, it, really, a truck body is a big road case, if you look at it that way.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: And some of these um, custom trucks are are very, um, cu- they have custom insides, laminates, so they don't scratch, depending on what they put into them for certain types of companies, for certain types of transports
0: like transporting missiles, for example. Right. <laughs> no, so seriously. do you have to have like security clearance to sell to some of these places? Uh, no, no,
1: no, because we don't... Uh, the companies that we sell to have to. Yeah. But yeah. as parts, no.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just parts we're selling. They have to be tested, our parts.
0: So were you... Did wow. you go looking for people to break into those industries or did you just happen to have salespeople that already were no, there? No, 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 no.
1: The, through some of our suppliers and we met people through distributing certain, some of our hardware, which was not, the hardware was never designed or made just for music equipment. They were for specific types of enclosures hmm. or or protection or you know, uh, mining equipment. Like I said, mil- a lot of it was military. So through that, you ended up connecting up with salespeople. In some cases, we deal with commissioned salespeople who had other lines, and then right. eventually we hired those people. So we've got we've got specific salespeople that know those industries. For instance. We have a guy in Montreal for... Uh, now, Now I'm not even the president of this company, so I'm not day-to-day in this anymore. So mm. I, this is kind of second hand. But I did meet the guy that works, that deals with CES in Montreal. He's based in Montreal. And CES is a flight simulator company.
2: Right. Yes.
1: Quebec. It's the biggest flight simulator. Um, These days, they're not selling a lot of planes.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. A lot of
1: pilots. So they switched over to automotive and that's where we we we're, we're selling them a lot of these boxes for shipping um computerized they're making parts for electronic parts for uh, for cars now small ones small pieces but whatever
0: so mm-hmm. basically so you started that company and then you sold your interest in the company and took a well, back seat well i was to doing it?
1: both for a while well it wasn't long into TCH, but the first product for Umbra, I was still, actually, I was in Ottawa, I was at a gig, and you look up your old friends, and that's where I met Paul, who uh, had the first product idea for Umbra, yeah. and he said, what's doing? He says, well, I've got this, uh, I'm playing music, plus I've got this part, case parts company. He says, well, I've got this product idea. I said, Jesus, Paul. I'm already playing music, I'm doing <laughs> this casing, I need this call He says, you don't even have a business card, you don't have a catalog. I'll do all that for free. I'll give you a logo, just to help me. You've already got kind of a company in place. Help me yep. launch this product, this paper window shape, which we call Umbra. Wow. And my music career, the, the keyboard player that was with me told me, he gave me a uh, it was a difficult conversation because I was still had aspirations to be, you know, being in a band was the a
0: board. big musician. Yeah. And was yeah. TCH doing millions in sales at that point?
1: No, 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 no. Hundreds okay. I have a couple hundred thousand. Maybe, maybe a hundred thousand. So you're running maybe.
0: TCH and you were an aspiring and I was musician.
1: Playing music and I was okay. <laughs> which was difficult because I'd go, I go end up places like Capus Casing and playing for a week and like it was difficult to do that yeah so, for sure so so the keyboard player he says you're an okay bass player but <laughs>
0: you know
1: i most of us don't have the opportunities you got you've got this hmm. these business opportunities dude. so i said okay you're right we'll start umbra i'll do thank god for that piano, piano player <laughs> i'll try to borrow some money for umbra we'll wow. start umbra i'll stop taking these bar gigs outside of uh, toronto i'll just gig inside the city which i did for a few years and realized that my music career is not really going to be my life yeah but the problem is i did borrow forty thousand dollars i gave paul 25 for of it and uh For a while there, I said, you run Umbra. Then I started running. He wasn't a great businessman. So then I jumped into Umbra, which was actually more fun than TCH. And then after about, after I would say six or seven years, I thought Umbra is way more fun than TCH. It's kind of, even though it was in the entertainment business, I wasn't dealing with, uh, I wasn't getting groupies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're on the back end.
1: Yeah. I'm on the back end. It was just a boring industrial company. It was the same products year and year after. The people I were dealing with weren't that exciting. With Umbra, I was dealing, I was traveling the world. Most of the buyers were women. The customers, the end use customers were women. It was much, I was a single guy. It was a lot more fun than, than TCH. So I sold off 50% to the general manager and I said, you're president and he's president to this day.
0: How did you Uh, how did you navigate growing both Umbra and TCH simultaneously without dropping the ball?
1: Well, I probably did drop the ball a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a good multitasker. I have to if you talk to Wendy, she says, I, you know, I, I drive every I'm doing so many things at once that I make the people around me drive them crazy. I, yeah, I, I like know the that. feeling. <laughs> I like, I like, I'm at my most effective when I'm just barely, the balls are up in the air and I'm just barely catching them all.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'd yeah. say that I'm, I'm least effective. Like during the pandemic, when I it hit in March, mm-hmm. I'd say I was at my peak of performance. I would say mm-hmm. January, February of last year, around this time, one well, It was before this, when the business was fairly normal. Yeah. I, I, don't, I didn't feel that needed. Yeah. But when the pandemic hit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You get into action mode.
1: I get, yeah. It's like war. I'm, I'm more a war. Okay. I'm more of a war. Like, entrepreneurs are more wartime generals. Yeah. Than yeah. peacetime generals.
2: Than peacetime generals. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm feel
1: like. Good, I'm not a good peacetime. And so TCH is very steady, and I probably would have sold the business by now
0: yeah mm. yeah we but feel umbra the same is thing when you know, umbra's what?
1: umbra is more you know it's it, it depends on new products and everything yeah. gets disrupted retail e-com we're traveling and we're selling all over the world
0: it's much more dynamic right? is yeah. that how, did you meet wendy through umbra or was that mm. so totally different no i was just friends with her cousin
1: and I had been, um, you know, I, I think for both of us, you know, I was already in my 40s and I, I still didn't have a house or kids. And I thought, you know, the, uh, for my life, I think it was, uh, I started to keep my eyes on, I was running out of time, you know, I, and she was running out of time too, even though she was just in her early 30s. I think women, you know, she was worried about her biological clock too.
0: Yeah, so I think we sense. caught
1: each other at the right time, and we're both you know grew up Jewish in Toronto, so we had a lot of common commonality. Yep. I was friends with her cousin, so that it had nothing to do with Amber. But although she likes design, yeah. she likes she likes yep. she came from fashion, but she likes design. So that kind of worked. that we don't argue about. We argue about a lot of things. I don't think we argue about design too much. We're pretty much uh, aligned on that part. And she mm-hmm. came from an alter. Her, her uh, father had uh, dress stores. Alan Cherry uh, had uh, um, uh, some high-end uh, Italian type of uh, dress and men's stores. In of me.
0: One of the um, one of the stories that I heard you tell was uh, was about when the bank called in your loan yeah and you had to go scrambling um to not let go of everyone can you tell us about that
1: yeah yeah well actually i just heard a story like that there was um a pod there was an interview uh zoom with uh, mitchell Goldhart, who has smart centers he's a billionaire yeah the, mm.
0: the
1: richest uh, young, uh the richest billionaires who's still single actually in toronto wendy went to school with him keep an eye out <laughs> yeah you used to talk to him so he said... Um, well, if,
0: if you make the intro, I'd be happy to. Well,
1: <laughs> oh, he doesn't usually do interviews. He's not... Uh, Wendy can uh, assure you. A, he's not outgoing as me type of person. Yeah. But he did pretty well in this Zoom cast, I thought. But anyways, he tells a story of... Um, uh, he was setting up shopping centers. His main client was Walmart. Pretty good mm. customer to have.
0: Yeah, <laughs> not bad. And they
1: were anchoring. So he was opening up... Um, uh, shopping centers like crazy. They were opening up a store every two weeks, and so he had to open up either either a uh, uh, shopping mall or what do you call those uh, strip strip malls. malls? Yeah, yeah, every two weeks. So he was, and he was He's probably he was running dead. out of
0: money fast. Wow.
1: He was running out of money. Yeah, so yeah. It was boring, 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 boring. Right. And at 37 years old, he he tells story. He was 437 million in debt to the CIBC. I was uh just about two million dollars in debt or something to, to CBC right. at the exact same time. I was I'm older than him. I was wow. let's say forty seven. And Olympia York went broke, real estate went bad, and they called his loan. They said it was a demand loan for through four hundred and thirty-seven million,
0: right? This is the same thing years. that happened to you.
1: Same thing at the same yeah. time. It happened to an, a thousand other people too.
0: Imagine See, I, you, you ran the into the bank at the same time.
1: <laughs> no, everybody got everybody got slammed because yeah. they were really free with their money, which was part of the problem. Right. Um, and then a recession hit real estate and every the bank panicked and called off basically okay. all their loans.
2: At least this capital. was
0: around two thousand eight. No, no, no. No, this no. is oh, this 90, 1990. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is the same thing ago. happened to Nike, I think, yeah. at one point.
1: Everybody, uh, you talk to everybody that got this story. So what happened? Yeah. You either go broke, or you go begging all over. He yeah. Like his story is, he went begging to Walmart, and they he he said, he said uh, "I need four hundred thirty-seven million dollars. I know you're not going to just write me a check for four hundred thirty-seven million. Do you want to be my partner in these shopping malls?" and they said yeah and i worked at fan and they made billions
0: jesus so and he got a partnership out of it too you
1: got a partnership and he ended up being a billionaire and they made billions off of it too so
0: and his business was developing these malls it still is wow
1: smart centers look it up so he's got so the same thing happened to me they called my loan i said your ratios are off. I said I didn't know what a ratio is. You, you, I said, <laughs> well, check your banking agreement. I said, well, you know, you never mentioned ratios before to me, and the, my business yeah. is going the same as it's always gone. Oh, it's I mean, somewhere in the fine
0: print. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so that was terrible. So yeah, so um, I had to go begging around. For in my case, it was uh, family. My father I had to go to his. It was terrible. I felt like, and my father didn't want to give me the money. He said they're just going to take the money and they're going to still close your business.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: And uh, I told him, I checked with the, my banker and I said, you know, if you guys do this to me, I, you know, I, I'm going to kill you or something. <laughs> I know where you live. But anyway, they said, yeah. no. And my father said, well, I don't, I said, Dad, look. You bought my brothers, you lent my brothers money to buy their houses. I don't even have a house. I've never asked you for anything. Like, come on. So he did and a couple other people. And, and it was and I, I, I did borrow money for the next 10 years. I was so freaked out by it. I was so uh embarrassed yeah. Yeah. by that situation that I'd never I didn't expose myself. We didn't borrow money up until last year. When oh wow! Well, the reason why we borrowed money last year is during the pandemic. The banks again started tightening their lines, and the government was giving practically no interest loans. You
0: know? mm. So
1: Oh
0: yeah, that makes sense.
1: I, I mean, the interest rates then and now there's no comparison. It was fifteen percent then. It's like one percent, two percent now, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hear people talk about like twelve percent mortgages, and I'm like. What? I thought, you know, the difference between four and five was crazy, but
1: <laughs> Well, back then there was seventeen, eighteen, but yeah. Now now if you're paying double digit mortgages, you have no credit, you're high risk. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you're dealing with the mafia or something. Well
0: that's <laughs> that's almost what happened to us when we like when we bought our house. Um the bank thought that we were like criminals Drug because yeah. we had just we had left another business and started this yeah. one. And well, you we're young, yeah.
1: So, they, they, yeah. So they take advantage of you.
0: And our mortgage broker asked. He he said, the question he asked us was, "He goes, if I, if I run your your um your notice of assessments, am I going to get asked any questions?" And we're like. What do you, are you asking us if we frauded our tax documents for our mortgage? Yeah, and he yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it happens. And yeah, we yeah, said, sure. No, he, no, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't yeah, do that. So, <laughs> reputation
1: that brings another important point. Reputation is very important because mm. when, I, when, 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 when the banks did uh, call their loans and I had to go begging around in the US and I did get a loan in the US. One of the guys, I had a dinner from m and Bank once in Toronto with, um, I don't know why they were here. And one of the guys from the board said, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I, I'm the one that checked you out to approve you for that loan. And I said, what do you mean you checked me out? Oh, I asked all around about you. I asked your suppliers. I asked people that knew your family. Wow. I asked everything. I asked, I, I know I know more about you than you know about yourself. So I said, I guess, uh, well, obviously, I'm, you didn't find out much. You didn't ask the right people. I joke with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, obviously, <laughs> character, if I had, had a sleazy reputation, or even if my father had a sleazy reputation, yeah.
0: or mm-hmm.
1: if I had burnt some people, I would have been blackballed and I would have been out of business then. So you never know. You got to yeah. protect your reputation. And 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 even so that was uh 91. So let's say I was 40, you know. Yeah. My reputation was pretty good, right? So that's good. Anyways, mm. so that's how I got I got the business the the loan that saved me besides my father which was yeah helpful but i did get a loan uh from uh u.s bank and um based on whatever he couldn't find any dirt on me right
0: right Okay, do you, you want
1: um, to go? Keep going, yeah. What else do you want to know? Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: let's just keep going. Any, oh, this is, we've question? just been recording. Yeah, this we're recording this. Oh, you've been recording this? Oh, this, kind of been recording this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know you've been recording this. Well, with the phone ringing and everything? Yeah, oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we, it was oh, going yeah. so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was going so well. We were like, we, we can't stop oh, this now. Know, this yes. is great. This is gold. We didn't want to waste all of that. Well, I wasn't going to make you repeat yourself. Yeah, we do not want to make you repeat all that. That was That was great. Oh, she God. was in the background at one point, but yeah. it's all good. No, it was it was great. It <laughs> it added it's all good. Um, I was actually wondering, uh, yeah, so you started with a paper shade. Can you tell me how you, like, how, how did you guys take it from just that one small kind of niche product to, like, what Umbra is? Like, I have, like, six things in my house that are totally yeah. different things that are all Umbra in my yeah. house.
1: I, I've got to say that. We started the, the company because we thought this product idea that Paul had was going to sell a gazillion and we're going to make all kinds of money.
0: Can I just yeah. stop you for a second ask, I like what made you look at a window shade and go, this is it?
1: I didn't. <laughs> I, didn't I didn't. I feel
0: uh, like most the, would have seen of, it, and
1: like just it Like a lot of things. It. No, we we're very naive. I was in his apartment, <laughs> again, yeah. in, in Ottawa. Uh, he was from Toronto. I'd grown up with him. He had handmade some shades with some graphic prints on it. At that time, realized there was only like bamboo shades and uh, bamboo sticks. And there's some rice paper shades that you could get in uh was called Cargo Canada yeah. um, Import Bazaar, whatever those type of and 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 he said all my friends love these window shades that I made.
0: Oh, so he so tested cool. them? Okay.
1: Well, no, he tested them. He just with his friends.
0: he's Right? No, we friends, didn't yeah.
1: really. I no, I. Everybody thinks these things are fantastic. Frankly, they weren't. That fantastic. <laughs> they lost that forty. They lost. Never mind the forty thousand aboard. It lost eighty thousand dollars within the first two years.
2: Jeez. Yes,
1: they sold the window shades. Did okay in certain stores, but generally they they were. You had to do different sizes.
0: Yeah, it's all mm, custom.
1: Yeah. Well, it wasn't custom. We had like six different sizes.
0: Yeah. And too many skews.
1: Too many skews and people had to hold them in. And they were hard and then we started trying to figure out how we could trim them. We had trimming machines. And nothing really worked. But what I realized, I said, Paul, the idea that came up with was, well, wasn't these window sheets. The idea was cool stuff at low prices mm. that are sort of casual for ex-hippies, yuppies, whatever we call ourselves like <laughs> that, that don't want to live like their parents. Come up with other products that are easier to sell. Forget the window shades. I know we're oh we're called Umbra Shades for a shades company. I said forget all that. And we called ourselves Umbra. We 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 changed the name from Umbra Shades to Umbra yeah. Limited. Mm. And he came up the first product was um uh, placemats that were mm. off cuts. At that time, we were making vinyl shades and we were the first ones to do cool. And they sold really well and they took no product development. There were off cuts from, from we double laminated some of the uh, garbage off the floor. Mm. <laughs> really, that's what it was. And We took it to a trade show. And then he took the vinyl and he put it over a little piece of foam again from TCH with the masonite back and we did these cool clocks when battery clocks were first coming out instead right. of plugs. And we sold yeah. a gazillion of those. So then we we realized, all we did was we went from category to category said, the, the idea, I realized, the idea is not the window shades. The idea is putting design into everyday things, casual design, modern design yeah. at low yeah. prices. And we did it in trash cans, we were the first cool trash cans, the yeah. first cool drapery rods. Bath we did one from category, mailboxes. To category, category. didn't your trash Whatever can
0: make it into the museum of modern art yes
1: we we made uh trash cans respectable
0: yeah huh. well, well i feel like i now. feel like um i but actually asked
1: that, that that was just that was a mental leap sometimes you start in business and you think oh the idea is the most important thing the product's the most important thing we figured out the you know uh, the the best things how to slice bread better than everybody else, but it isn't that. It was not the actual product. It was the idea, but it wasn't the actual product.
0: It was the concept of your way of thinking.
1: Yeah, it's a way of thinking. That's what we were able to adapt, and that's the reason Umbra ended up with thousands of product and ended up with wow. big
0: My uh my girlfriend actually put it really well today when I, I told her we were doing this and uh and she said, "You know, the thing with Umbra is you pick something up and you look at it and you go, this is pretty cool. And then you go, holy shit. It's not even expensive.
2: Yeah.
0: And I need that's
1: this." Easy. Well, that's, actually that's the hardest thing. The hardest thing is not coming out with really beautiful items because we, we could do that easily. Mm. Right. And it's not even coming up with useful items because you can come up with a trash can, put a few bells and whistles, but coming up with all those things and having it at a good price yeah. is, the, yep. is the real difficult thing.
0: So that was actually something I wanted to jump into because um, I feel like... I'm sure as much as many products didn't work out, you've managed to marry most of your your products with quality design and affordable cost. And I'm sure many companies have done similar things that you'll often see on Amazon and Etsy, but it seems like you're one of the few, if not the only ones that have actually managed to maintain and sustain an entire yeah. brand around that theme. Yeah. So h- how do you feel like... I mean, even without even going under out of business at such low costs, how did you manage to create that into like a sustainable advantage?
1: Well, yeah, the, the thing is there, there's you can't just keep repeating yourself yeah. because other people can copy that. But
2: hmm.
1: if you just – you have to repeat yourself to a certain degree, but you also have to spend – we say 20, 20 to 25% of our new products have nothing to do with something we've done before. Yeah. So if we, we don't walk away from swing top trash cans, even though we've been doing it for 20 years, we put out new colors, we put out new shapes. But yeah. if we just did that, Umbra wouldn't have survived. We would become boring and we wouldn't be cool anymore. So we make sure, and a lot of innovative companies do this. Well, even the car companies do this. They come out with, at the car shows, they come out with concept cars or something. Maybe they never make them, right? Just to let their designers stretch out and to do something for the brand. Or maybe they come out with one car out of 20 models that is really cool. And I'd say everybody, Kia, all of them do that. And it's questionable whether that 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 brand, that particular model will make money. But they do it to maintain yeah. the brand and maintain their place. So our mandate, Matt, the head of design mandate, is 20 to 25 percent is not derivative product. Yes, we do derivative product. We do a different mirror. We do a different shape. We do a different mm-hmm. color. Because we don't want to give up the mirror business or the trash can right. or the drapery rod business, but then we got to do something at a left field. So that's part of what we do. And also it's good for the designers because they get bored if they had to make mm, variations.
2: For sure. I'm thing. sure
1: like, okay, you know, Ford, they, they, oh, they had a great seller, a Taurus. You know, if all uh, and they say, well, you know, I'm I'm dating myself because I don't even know if they make a four-taurus anymore, do they? I don't even know. If I don't they know think they sure. do. Yeah. Think so. <laughs> okay, but let's go for say it. Honda Honda Ford, yeah. or Honda. That one they
2: still make. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: they, they still make. So if they just did those things, right? Like yeah, they they they're not walking away from the Civic or the core business, right? Definitely or the not Camry Toyota. No. Car. no. Yeah. But if they just did that.
0: Yeah, yeah, they got they to make Hondas cool, right? They start coming they, they out they with these, up with all these mid-sized SUVs and all this kind of yeah. stuff. I, don't I know. mean, it's or, the or, same yeah. thing with Bugatti and Volkswagen. Like Bugatti is losing millions of dollars every year, but it's owned by Volkswagen just for the sake of pumping out the brand and yeah. doing R&D.
1: Well, Bugatti would have been broke years ago. Yeah, if you saw that movie, uh, something Ferrari, what's it called? Ford,
0: Ford versus Ferrari? Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a good business movie. That's a very yeah. good business.
0: Movie. I that was one of my favorite movies.
1: I mean, besides that, it was very well done. And, you know, had great actors in it. That yeah. was a pretty. That was pretty close to what 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 it's like. You know, um, playing it safe versus pushing the envelope. But yeah. if you if you don't if you completely take chances, you're going to be out of business too, right? So yeah. you, you've got to you've got to have your Camrys and your Accords and whatever you know. To, to pay the bills. And I have my TCH to help pay the bills for all those years. And even when I had TCH, I was still had I was still getting playing music. And even when I was playing music, I still had my my taxi cab license. I wasn't
0: sure if go. you were joking about that. I heard yeah. you say that. <laughs> That's no joke. You actually you got a taxi license.
1: Yeah, because some months I was short of rent. And what do you
2: I mean will give a couple rides? I don't rice.
1: know yeah, I'm sure it's the Uber. There's plenty. I see Uber, Uber drivers. <laughs> yep. I see Uber drivers in fancy cars. I'm sure. Oh, they say they're just doing it front. I'm sure they're doing it when they're. If if you got to pay the rent, you got to have some yep. kind of thing yep. that you can just. You got to do, gotta do cash, something unless you're unless you want to be a thief or something. So that's, <laughs> now I don't say I did it a lot and I did it for long, but having that taxi license paid the
2: rent. In, isn't in, it? Yeah. Isn't it like a process to get your taxi license? Like how long did that take? You or was it wasn't easy? Oh, no, in those days. <laughs> in those
1: days. Oh, in those days, you just had to have a decent driving record, and um, <laughs> I would be over the twenty-one, and then you had to, but you had to. Uh, the test was you had to know where all the hospitals were, okay. And some of the main places in Toronto, but I'd grown up in Toronto. I knew. Mean, I, yeah. I, I knew I really know Toronto. I don't know need GPS from being a taxi driver, but that was the test and I passed that, no problem. I mean, everybody else in the room were like immigrants that didn't have a clue. They could barely speak yeah. English. They didn't yeah. even know where the CN Tower is, even though it was you know, like <laughs> <laughs> So uh you know, I you had to know how your routes to get to the airport, how the hospitals and emergency and I I knew all that. So that that's all it took. Wow. And so, I uh, and I just would drive around the clock till I had enough money for rent. And that was it.
0: And then you go back to play music. Wow. you go, Yeah.
1: Or yeah. TCH, yeah. whatever yeah. I had to do.
0: I feel like that's really important because now like a lot of people are kind of like they feel like they're above that. They're above doing that remedial work to get where they want to go. Well, but if, if you know I, where you want to be, then...
1: Well, I really
0: question if they're really entrepreneurs
1: if they... If yeah. yeah. First of all... There's a lot of stuff about that, in entrepreneurs. First of all, um, you got to be brave, but you also got to be an example, and you got to have good character. So, a lot of people call themselves entrepreneurs, but they won't get their hands dirty, yep. and they expect they can just hire people and tell them, you know, clean the toilets. I mean, I've cleaned toilets, you know. So, mm, and I, yep, yep. That was another job I had. I wasn't that. Uh, <laughs> a janitor uh after hours uh you know uh, an all-night janitor anyways um so i don't i don't ask anybody to do anything to do myself now fast forward you know we had a very good customer venezuela venezuela was kind of falling apart he says i really want you to visit me um we're doing a lot of business i said I know things aren't so good in Venezuela right now. He says, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. you will be okay. And um, my sales guy, who's, I didn't speak Spanish, who uh, was in Brazil office and he spoke Spanish. Um, I said, uh, I'm coming to South America. We're going to Venezuela. He says, okay, fine. He calls me. He says, says, uh, I got a problem. My wife, we just had a baby and she doesn't feel good about me going to Caracas with you. Oh wow. And I said, you don't you don't have to. I said, bring her to dinner. I went to the dinner. I said, look, look at me. I'm fifty years old, whatever I was at the time. And look at Dino, he's doing Iron Man uh, competitions and all the rest. <laughs> Number one, if 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 they, if they want to kidnap or kill somebody, who are they gonna pick? I'm gonna go there. <laughs> and uh, who are they going to kidnap and who's going to be able to run away she laughed at that i said <laughs> joking aside you know he doesn't have to go if you don't feel comfortable but i'm going so if i just said to her i'm sending him and i'm going to sit in, in 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 brazil while he goes to venezuela yeah. and it was a little dicey there i gotta admit yeah yeah and i certainly wouldn't go there now well there's no business there now right but The fact is I went, I didn't ask anybody to do things that I wouldn't do. And I think that's important for an entrepreneur. And most Mm. people I know that are successful entrepreneurs follow that. Otherwise people won't do it. And the other thing is a lot of times you can't pay the bills and maybe you're late on, on even paying your employees. And if you're driving a fancy car or something like that, or taking vacations, Mm. I mean, if somebody owed you money, right? A a customer supplier, they say they can't pay you and they show up in a Porsche. What do you say? Screw that,
0: you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah.
1: So I think being an example, uh, you know, my employees and my suppliers knew that I was dedicated to the business. And I wasn't stuffing my pockets. And I wasn't paying myself an towards amount of money mm-hmm. for a lot for the first 10 years. Yeah. And for the first 10 years, I was having trouble paying the bills.
0: Mm.
1: And, but I, I didn't have a house. I, ha- I owned a warehouse before I owned a house. Yeah. And I didn't show up in fancy cars. And actually, when 2008 hit, when I was already fairly wealthy, when the recession hit 2008, nine, whenever that was. So many, you must remember those years. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I sold, I had a, a fancy car. I sold it at a loss and I bought a cheap car that would that actually was cost me more than what I got for my fancy car. Cause the, the used car market for uh, luxury, Everybody's doing the same thing. They were dumping their expensive cars. Oh, yeah. It was just optics. Yeah. So I got a, I got a cheap uh, BMW. Actually, it was still BMW, but it was that three series. Or something. Yeah, it was like
0: an old three series.
1: Yeah, an old three series. Actually, so I gave it to somebody in Montreal. My wife did. But I, I sold, <laughs> I had a five series BMW yeah. that I sold very cheap. About the three series for more money, just to look, <laughs> just so I wouldn't be driving into yeah, the just for optics,
0: blocks. yeah, for optics, yeah. Because
1: mm-hmm. I, you know, I was asking everybody to take a pay cut, and I was asking my suppliers to uh, give me an extra thirty days, right?
0: And I just didn't, it
1: just didn't seem right.
0: Yeah. What, um, what, do you, what was the turning point for you with Umbra? I know you said you weren't really paying yourself much for the first 10 years. Mm-hmm. At what point, what did, was it something you did or something that occurred that kind of flipped the switch and made it go, okay, now we're in business, now we're really but doing well?
1: It was actually the scare. It was just about the 10-year period. About 90 is when the uh, CIBC, it, it didn't matter which bank, I shouldn't even say it. it was just, all the banks were calling their loans. We were 10 years into it. And uh, the company just about went broke because uh, the, the bank called the loan. And we weren't really, I didn't have a house at that point. I didn't have any assets. And um, we were just barely making it. And I told um, my CFO at the time, or whatever, I don't even know if I had a CFO, I said, look, we've got to pay my father off. we got to pay off the bank. We're cutting the inventory. We're cutting everybody's. We're cutting whatever uh, people we don't need right now. People that are staying are going to take a ten percent pay cut, including me, right? And uh, and we're reducing our inventory by fifteen uh, percent, whatever it was, right?
0: So you cut so all we, the bad skews, basically.
1: Well, even some of the good skews, because yeah. I wanted to, I wanted some cash in the pocket. I wanted to be cash positive. So from that, from um, by 1991, which was basically 10 years, 11 years in, in business, we we were debt-free because I paid off the banks. I paid them off totally. I stopped borrowing from them. I paid off anybody I borrowed money from. And we were, I, res, I restored everybody's pays. And so about by 92, I felt pretty good cuz i owed no money and uh, everybody was paid off and from i'd say from 92 straight through to the next crisis which was 2008 9 so that's a long time and that's 15 16 years 17 mm-hmm. years i'd say we grew pretty nicely and i was i made sure we had extra money uh, in the bank to cover any emergencies.
0: And in terms of. And I bought growth,
1: a house in yeah. 90 in Rosedale. My, that house yeah. you saw. Yeah. I bought that in 94, 93, 94. That was my first house. Pretty good first house, right?
0: Yeah. Hmm. It's a nice house.
1: I've, I've got this place and I got a place in Calvin.
0: Nice. Wow. In terms of um, of like growth, did you were you totally hands off TCH at that point? Like you weren't growing it at all. It was just doing its own thing with no, the no, current president. I,
1: no, I, I basically gave the keys to the president and I said, look, this is your salary. If you want, um, I'm offering, I, this is what the shares are worth in the company right now. You can have those shares for off your bonus money, but you have, this is how much money sales were doing now. The sales have, can't go below that. And the profit can't go below that. Any profit above that and any sales above that, half of that profit, uh, uh, 20% of any of the profit above that and half of that money goes into a kitty, into a forced saving account for you to buy shares in the company, right? Mm -hmm. So basically I told him, here's the keys to the company. If it gets any worse, You have to keep keep the lights on, keep it going as it is. Yeah. Or if you keep it going just as it is, you just make a salary. If you grow it, you get to buy shares of the company and Mm. you get bonuses above that. And he basically did it. Him and the other vice president who lives in Dallas were on the same deal. And they made sure that they made, bought, got, were able to buy their shares So uh, let's say this guy got 15%. The other guy got 5%, I think it is. And bonuses, every year they bonus, up until the pandemic, they made bonuses of at least 50% of their salary. And most years, uh, double their salary. And so that meant I was making, if they were making, I was making.
0: I had 80% Mm -hmm. of the company. And how did you find, were they already working there? Or did you have to go out and find no, someone to take over?
1: No, 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 no. I, I trusted them. They were already management. And, yeah. um, and they're, they're great guys. They're, they're solid guys. And, and I trust them. And they're not big spenders. They're, you know, come from working class kind of families. Yeah. How uh, Jerry's from PEI. His father was a working kind of guy. That guy kind of a cowboy from Nebraska.
0: Um, <laughs> what what would you say is the um I feel like one of the biggest it sounds like the the biggest um changes that allowed you to jump from one place to another or scale from one level to another were the people that were around you that helped yeah, you sure. make those shifts. Yeah. Um It doesn't really sound like you actively went out and sought those people with a goal, but just that it organically occurred. So, well, later on, later
1: on, uh, yeah, later on, and first it was similar to you people that you knew from your youth or from the neighborhood or from personal contacts. Yeah. I mean, now I would say the management team are not, you know, Paul uh, sold out his shares. And now he's uh, just this year, he told me he wants to sell his part of the real estate. I basically just gave him 10% of the buildings. Yeah. And now I was shocked at what those buildings are worth. He's going (laughs) to get, I'm going to have to pay him. Is it the ones in Toronto
0: or like you own in Dallas too?
1: The only ones that he owns part of is the store downtown. Mm -hmm. and the building you know and and have you been to scarborough the one in scarborough
0: um that's your office with like the glass dome on top yeah yeah, i draw i always see it when i drive on the highway okay and just just for context for people listening the one in scarborough is is a it's just a massive billboard essentially because it looks like your whole conference room is on the roof of the building surrounded by glass and there's well, just a big logo. It's,
1: but it's a warehouse, company, right? It's it's, it's hundred and thirty thousand square square foot warehouse. And it was but nobody
0: warehouse. can get on the highway without seeing your logo stamped well, across I it, Well, I just right?
1: did that. I did that on my own. Uh, you're not allowed to have signage on the
0: oh, really? one. No, and no allowed no to. no one but came you're allowed- knocking on your door.
1: Yeah, they kind of did, but you're allowed to have uh, your name on your building. You're not allowed to have a billboard.
0: Oh, I see. So yeah, I, well, I I
1: put a glass tower in in yeah. the middle. <laughs> we in the middle <laughs> you'll, where you'll the You see, it. Is the east, yeah. see they, it? Well, actually, the designs, the designers wanted natural light, so they wanted that ta- that glass mm-hmm. tower. Wow. And it's then beautiful. We we light it up and we put the we put our our the name of our building on it. It's not. I use it as a billboard, but it isn't. You're not allowed to Yeah, it's
0: not. A, it's not a billboard then.
1: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the <laughs> office there was already had an office in a warehouse there. It was Reinhard Vinegar. They're still in business. They wanted to move out to the country to get a bigger building, and they sold it for four million dollars, and. Uh, it was a restaurant where John and John Street. So I bought that for four million. I think to fix up both of them basically cost double. Yeah. Whatever. That's typically the formula. You buy it for four million, put four million into it, and just lucky that Toronto real estate has gone up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean I if like it's, it's any it's similarity to housing, I can only imagine. Well, I don't
1: it. even want to tell you what it's worth now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I know that we rent an office in a place that's a dump compared to that, and uh, and I know that place is is worth quite obviously.
1: Obviously, let's say it's worth it. It went up ten times, you know. So Paul's probably gonna get you know. What? <laughs> yeah, he. My Wendy says I'm talking too much.
0: <laughs> Tell her I said <laughs> So
1: don't use these fingers. Say hi. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I right. shouldn't talk about the dollars, but it's always good to buy your own real estate. That you're using. Yeah. I never. Yeah. I wasn't speculating in real estate. It's not always good. Toronto real estate obviously gone up. Yeah, yeah. I could have bought. I do have real estate in Buffalo. I have a bigger mm. warehouse, twice the size of Toronto. I don't think it's gone up as much Mm, no
0: i mean in toronto now there's there's almost like an epidemic of how being people being house poor where if you bought the house 10 years ago and you sold it you could never afford to move back into the same neighborhood yeah because and there's tons of everyone's just holding their houses and then when they get ready to sell they just move outside of toronto so Mm. so that they can have a a similar comfort of lifestyle
1: yeah, well, it's true. If you sold your house too early, you thought you did, you know, fifteen years ago, and you thought you did fantastic. You can never replicate that rif- lifestyle. Yeah, you can't get back in, right? Unless yeah. you invested that money on Apple or something like that. Right. Your your yeah. your yeah. money's yeah. your the money's actually worth less. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's always good to reinvest your real estate. But I also have to make the point to the to. to um, a lot of people, I mean it's great everybody loves the freedom of being an entrepreneur. They can mm. do what you want when you want. You don't have to ask everybody permission when you want to go to the bathroom or when you have to <laughs> where you want to go to the gym. But on the other hand, not everybody, it's not cut out for everybody because mm. it's insecure. And yeah. if you have if you have a family and, and a mortgage, be an entrepreneur I mean, you're endangering the security of your family because, frankly, the stats are most new businesses fail. Yeah. 80 percent, 90 percent. Yeah. So I would say it sounds wonderful to say you're an entrepreneur and the freedom and it turned out fantastic. But I didn't have I had other things to fall back into it and I didn't have. Uh, uh, a wife and kids and a mortgage at the time. Right. That uh, I was risking. I was only risking myself and I had a drive and I still had my cab
2: lights. <laughs> you <laughs> say, worst case, you'd be a taxi driver. <laughs> yeah. Are you? So
1: I could take <laughs> chances. But most people, I, even some people that uh, there's a guy that used to work for me started his own business. I don't think that he he's not he really should just be he's a good work he he's a good was a good employee. He's not a good entrepreneur. Mm, and yeah. I, I think he's putting he's obviously closer to your age than my age. I I had to discourage him, and he mm. took it as an insult, but I just. In his life situation, I'm thinking about his wife and kids.
0: Yeah. Mm. And
1: I've seen people that go out on their own and they end up divorced. And their kids are resentful towards them because maybe their wife is resentful for them. Mm. And it's not such a happy story. Uh, I'm I'm fortunate. But also, I had, um, had less to risk and I had a background like I said my father was an entrepreneur I mean that somebody I just read an article about uh, somebody that made a big donation um, or he bought a, a nonprofit company and he says I started off life on second base I didn't start on first mm. base I mean my family if all us went to went went bad First of all, I had an education and I had a pretty good life growing up. So Mm. I start off in second base. But if all has failed, I wouldn't have been homeless on the street. Yeah, My family would have. I mean, it it wouldn't have been pretty, but same with me. If all has failed, not only didn't I have a family not to worry about, but my father probably would have found a job for giving me a job, not yeah. with my tail between my legs. I wouldn't have been too happy about it, for sure. <laughs> but it wouldn't, I wouldn't have hurt other people. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, um... I, I,
1: I, I want
0: to encourage <laughs>
1: entrepreneurs, Canada needs more entrepreneurs But actually most people shouldn't be
0: entrepreneurs i mean i think that now we talk about this all the time it's uh a buzzword like when you were doing it in the beginning it was a thing that you did just because that's who you were and i feel like now it's it's become glorified there's a lot of social media around i mean we went to business school and every single person that you sit with goes yeah one day i'll start my own business and you're kind of thinking like, well, if you haven't already, you probably shouldn't later on because it's, I, I feel like either you're, you're kind of born with it or you're not, and you can learn some essence of it. I feel like now it's become a lot easier to do that. But like my father moved to Canada, um, from Israel when he was 20 and he started a business, but I feel like in the immigrant sense, a lot of the times it's out of necessity more than it is out of
1: your
0: yeah. fortitude.
1: Well, well, sure. Well, my grandfather. Look, in in Toronto, a hundred years ago, when my grandfather came first, he couldn't speak English. Yeah. He had no education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and there's discrimination. You yeah. know, even even if you're a professional, a I mean, my one of my best friends that had Guild Electric, one of the biggest electric contractors in, in, in the country. Um, I'm good friends with. Uh, I mean, he's a Hungarian immigrant. He came trained mm. as an electrician. He's a Holocaust survivor too. Oh wow! But he wow. couldn't get his papers as an electrician in Toronto. He had to start his own business. He didn't yeah. want to start his own business.
2: Yeah, no choice. There was
1: just discrimination. What, number one, language barrier. Number mm-hmm. two, immigrant. Number three, religion. Anti-Semitism at the time. Yeah, he had to. He he didn't say I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like, I'm going to glory <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be make a billion just, dollars, which he, he just
2: create did. a bunch of value for people.
1: He just didn't have any choice because nobody would hire him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's yep. sometimes it's. It's necessity. Uh, my father was not employable. He didn't have, he had grade eight bricklaying from Central Tech, you know, the, the, whatever the tech school down on Harvard Street. Yeah. Um, he just not was a, so he he basically had to uh, be an
0: entrepreneur. And How many, uh, I, I know you have a, a son. Do you have other kids as well? Yeah, uh, two sons. Yeah. And how, I mean, obviously you, you've done well for yourself and, um, and I'm sure like they know that they grew up with it. How yeah. how do you, I guess, raise your kids trying to balance that well, factor spo- of wanting to give them a good life, but also trying not to, you know, well, spoil that's, them?
1: Well, that's one reason why I don't retire. I think it's important. Um, my father um, sold his business, uh, the door business, when I was still in university, and I think it adversely affected my brothers hmm. because they didn't make the relation. It's one thing to have uh, to live comfortably if you see that your parents are working hard. There's some relation to the money. Yeah, hmm. but if the money's there, or if it's inherited money, or no they, work. then then they think, oh well, you know,
0: you just get this is I just life. To yeah. yeah, it's, it's just, just what I get, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: so. I think my sons have enough exposure to me in the business and they've worked, although intermittently, they've done diff- well on still in college. Mm. So they see me working and they see the struggle of the business, industry. they've been exposed to that. So that I think helps. And um, obviously uh, they're not denied too much, so they're, you could say that they're swell, but at least they know that there's a relation towards money and risk and work and all that sort yeah. of things so that's the best you hope for and um like i said i started late so the uh, the eldest is 24. he's entrepreneurial oh, okay. he started uh, he's got a startup and what's he uh, doing he, well it's, it's I, again i don't completely understand these guys own investors <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's basically finds musical artists and um, he fronts the money in exchange for getting a percentage of their Spotify or whatever they're streaming. Mm. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. So if they if they hit it, he does well.
2: Yeah, yeah. So He's not, investing in venture artist. capital for yeah, music artists. Venture, yeah. yeah,
1: So they need the money, especially now because yeah. there's no performance. They only yeah, every make once money once in a while. One hits big, so they need some money. And yeah, yeah. Every, once in a while, if you pick them. It's like picking stocks only artists. So yeah, he's really, exactly. A and then he neat, also yeah. does data analytics at side for me, for my company. He's got two oh, or three cool. people working for him. So he's got also that income. But he's living in Brooklyn. So oh. yes, I think he could run the company someday, but I don't know if he wants to. And mm. I'm not, my father tried to push me into his business and it didn't. Yeah. So I, I don't, I'm not doing that. And the other, and the younger ones, only in the third year, whatever you call college, pandemic college, I call it. <laughs>
2: it
1: I feel sorry for
0: him because it's very yeah. disruptive these days.
2: Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. and that's so like that's your a, formative
0: years. That's when you're partying, and that's, that's it. it. Yeah, not partying anymore. Yeah, it's it's it's, yeah, it's really a disaster. It's I feel really bad for him.
2: Yeah. Um. less I was wondering. Um, I don't know. I just think it's always an, an interesting question to ask somebody who's obviously established like yourself. If you could go back like your, your 25-year-old self when you were when you were starting the case company, what, what advice would you have for, for your 25-year-old self now well, whenever, I, you know?
1: Yeah, again, um, one thing I've learned is similar to the story I told you. I, I thought the great idea that you think that you're gonna make millions on. I thought I was, I didn't think I was a hundred percent there, but I thought the great idea was like 75%. (laughs) And that percentage has gone down over the years. What I think the great idea is worth.
2: Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: I think uh, a great idea, you're at best 10% there. Uh, What happens after is 90%. And Mm. also the great idea that you started with, what you end up with the great idea is, quite different from what you thought the great idea was at the beginning. So you have to, uh, you know, in your case, whatever your business is now, uh, 10 years from now, it could be similar, but go in a completely different direction. Mm. So don't get too wedded. It's not really about the great idea. It's, It's the idea, but it's not that specific necessary idea. Yeah. Like and and you see examples of all the what Apple was when Steve Jobs, which was basically a, uh, a home computer company when Steve and yeah. the Jobs, they ended up making their money from uh, cell phone, smartphones, and they didn't even mm. know that if you told them you're going to end up in the phone business, that's where you're going to make yeah. millions, you would or music streaming yeah. or whatever it was. Mm. So it 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 things change so. um, don't be
0: uh, married. You to get the so idea. excited, yeah. married
1: to the idea and yeah, you've got to be it. adaptable.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you brought yeah. up Steve jobs cool. because um, I heard you say in an interview that, um, that they tried to bring in focus groups and get you to test products and yeah. you kind of just shut it down. And um, I heard him once say that he, he was like, why would I ask people what they want when we have to tell them what they want? Yeah. Right. Right. So how um, how have you used that to kind of take take Umbra to the next level and continue the growth?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think we um, I, I have people that have good sense of the market and 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 what customers want. And we use our own judgment. I mean, no. we certainly talk to retailers and now we pay attention to our econ customers and how what the reaction is. Are you mostly but, on
0: Amazon now?
1: Well, I, Amazon has come from zero to being a huge customer. And e-com is at least half our, our sales right now globally yeah. from mm-hmm. being, I mean, there was no e-com to speak of 10 years ago, including our own e-com site. So that's very different. You know, we hired salespeople that had relationships with retailers and now e-com, it's a whole different business model, right? So, yeah, so th- that really shifted. Uh, I don't know if that really answers your question, but uh, and I don't even know what the question originally was. <laughs> so you got to help me out here. I, I was, uh, but,
0: yeah, I was just asking about innovating instead of using focus groups and. and yeah, yeah, that. yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think your instincts. Mm. Uh, you can't completely shoot from the hip, but we still basically do what we want to do, and yeah. uh, we don't put out products that we all don't, that we don't like. Mm-hmm. And also we you get more motivated. If you like the product, um, you're more motivated. You're more excited about going to work in the morning. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we don't do things that maybe retailers like or, outs- you know, uh, consumers say they really should do. And we don't really mm-hmm. like it ourselves. So we, I think we, we work from our own uh, bubble and our own instincts.
2: Yeah, so, so that uh, was that was
0: fantastic, a- Les. Thank yes, you so that much. That was great,
2: really appreciate it. Yeah. All right,
0: guys. Awesome. Thanks, Les. Thanks Take a care. lot, Les.
2: Thank you, thank you. See you bye-bye. when you get back. Bye. Bye. Take bye-bye. care. Hey everybody, this is Patrick. Just checking in quickly after the episode to say thank you so much for listening or watching. We really appreciate it. We've got some super cool interviews lined up in the near future. We're very excited about them and we think they're gonna bring a lot of value to a lot of people. So make sure that you subscribe on your platform of choice. We are officially available on all major podcasting platforms and on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there and stay tuned for more. We'll see you next time.